Welcome to Life, L-I-F-E, Luxury in Full Effect. I'm David Frangioni. I'm here with Justin Lee. And this is the show where we interview the people operating at the top of the luxury market. From entertainment, real estate, celebrity industries, and everything in between. Together, we'll hear their life stories and how they got to where they are today. Hello, everybody, and welcome to Life. I'm David Frangioni. I'm here with my partner, Justin Lee. How are you doing today, Justin? How are you doing, everybody? So we have a very special guest today, Elizabeth Vaughn, the founder and creating principal of Insight Interior Design. Besides being a lead accredited designer and graduate of the Parsons School of Design, Elizabeth has done some formidable design projects since 2004 when she founded her company. She's going to tell us all about her life and career and share some great stories. And we're really excited to have you today, Elizabeth. Welcome. Thank you so much, David. Thank you, Justin, for inviting me to the podcast. It's very our pleasure. Welcome. Welcome. So, Elizabeth, let's start at the beginning. Let's start with... Give us the overview of how you got going, when you realized interior design was in your blood and that you were going to follow a career in it and found that you had a passion for us. Give us some history. Okay. So I've always been an artist working in fine arts, and I didn't really know about interior design until I was, say, a junior in my first college. But at that point, I was already three years into my college degree. My father was adamant about getting a degree fast and getting it for sure, because that's always an issue. But so I ended up actually going to get the degree and I worked for a couple of years and I had to go back to Parsons then. I had to go back to school. So the funny thing is like people go to school and they do four years undergraduate and then two years they get a master's. I ended up doing seven years of undergraduate and I had two bachelors. So my degree in interior design was really the one that counted. And it's just been so great because it is what I'm passionate about. It is art in a three-dimensional form. I get to create environments and I think I had like the best career, I have to tell you. <laughs> so I founded my company about 15 years ago. We've been doing apartment buildings, multifamily work. We've been designing high-end residences, and we've been designing uh, commercial spaces, corporate offices as well. So we get to do a little of this, a little of that, and it's all great fun. And we're so excited to have won awards at it as well. So amazing. And always working in the New York space, the New York area, correct? New York, New Jersey, yeah. We yeah, have so we're East Coast. To going to West Coast, but uh, nice. we're we'd love to have you here. <laughs> Excellent. <laughs> so take me on your journey to get you to you because you do a lot of corporate stuff too. Do you do a lot of commercial stuff too? But you also do residential because that is really an amazing thing to meld the two of those together. And how do you find the difference? How do you find those two different worlds? Because I know they're very different. They are different. It's interesting because some of my commercial clients, they ask me to do their homes. My residential clients ask me to do their offices. So we do get the opportunity to do both. It's such an interesting thing. When I'm working for directly for a client, I get to make those details special just to their taste. So they get to tell me what makes them happy in that very personal way. When I'm working on a commercial project, my clients have goals So we're always working towards meeting those goals. So our details are more self-directed and then we get to play in a more general way. So we're, our styles are very different 
depends on the client. When you look at our portfolio, you will see very traditional work. You'll see very contemporary work. It depends on who our client is because the listening process of design is so important too, not just the artistic output. And this is always a big fascination of mine because I love design. Me and David both love design. We're very like into that world and we do our own stuff and we're very particular about our own stuff. And I, it always fascinates me. How does your own personal taste lend to what you do and how do you differentiate the two and and also learning the different styles i mean because like for me i'm looking at it from my perspective this is your you're the pro and i look at it from my perspective i'm like wow to be able to do that and to really switch gears is a tough thing and tell me a little bit about your own personal style i'd love to hear and then also you know i know you do everything in between so it's an important thing to be able to listen and then put myself in their shoes so that I can see through their eyes. So when I get to meet a client, I really am looking to see what they like. So I'll come with my portfolio, I'll come with images and say, how do you feel about this? How do you feel about that? And that lets me know their style right away. So I am able to switch by the process of really thinking, always thinking about what they would like. It's a very collaborative process for me. So it's easy for me to switch that way when I'm doing my own work. So my yeah. style is not strong contemporary minimalism because I always want to feel yep. warm, luxurious. I want when people come into my space, I want them to feel relaxed. So I'm more yeah. about contemporary with some warmth on it. And then it's contemporary with some warmth. Yeah. Yeah. Right. Isn't that great? Everybody wants to feel warm. It's great. I love that. When you come to my yeah. house, Mi casa es su casa, you know, it's I love it. in every way. <laughs> and as you were, and you were just saying like, but not so much the minimalist thing, but the minimalist thing is a very, very on trend. I mean, it has been going in that direction. Of course, it's probably come stemmed a lot from like Japanese culture, I think in, you know, originally, but I think it's a very, very on trend thing right now that a lot of people are doing where like you're having these big empty spaces with like one meaningful piece that really kind of makes a statement. I mean, I think, have you seen Kim and Kanye West's house? Yes. It's so her. that I think takes it, to, it yeah. takes it to the next <laughs> level. They literally have nothing anywhere. And I think that that's like sort of the, the really the one end of the spectrum, the one end of the spectrum. Exactly. But are you finding that your clients, when you're doing residential and when you're doing commercial, how often is it that you have clientele that want to do things that are on trend or things that is they have a specific style that they kind of carry with them over the years? Like how often do you find that someone says comes from like a totally Ralph Lauren house and goes, you know what? I want to do this new, very minimalistic. Like what is the shift that you find? I don't get that. I don't, my clients don't come to me and say, okay, you know, this is exactly what I want. Most of the time they don't know what they want. So I kind of guide them. We have lots of conversations about what they do and what makes them happy. And so I'll guide them to it, but I'm not getting the client that says, I don't want anything in my space. Just make it crazy. What are you finding, Elizabeth, in New York, where obviously there's a lot of amazing building going on and design work being implemented? I would think a pretty competitive environment, to say the least. So what what are you finding that sets you apart and has helped you build your clientele and connect with your clients, and especially in a city like New York? There are a few different things. Um, We're very creative 
and we listen greatly to clients. We're not going to be harsh to them and say, no, you can't have this. If they're telling me, I really like that. And I, I'll like work something so I can shift it a little bit. And we can use a little of that. But I'm finding that we have been able to kind of bridge the gap of meeting the client's goals, listening well. The other thing that's really important about us is that we do really good construction drawings. If you guys have been involved, as you have been involved in the process, the design process, you know that if you come up with a creative design, but you can't get it built, you can't have your design executed. So we do great construction drawings. And and you can't, and let me add, you can't budget it if the construction drawings aren't accurate. You know, how many times have you seen... It's going to cost 300000 and 900000 later, everybody's going, what happened? What happened? Absolutely. That's a huge thing. And it doesn't sound like, oh, you think, oh, construction drawings and design. Oh, it's not really important, but it really is critical to do that. And it's so important to be detail-oriented and listen to your clients from day one to the end of the project and making sure that their goals are met. So and you manage in- the project, right? So you, yeah. when you're listening to the client and you're getting a download of what their ideas are and you're translating them into, I would assume, renderings, right, before you even get yes. to construction drawings and figuring out, okay, here's what it's going to look like, and they give you feedback. Yeah, that looks amazing. Thank you so much, Elizabeth. Now, as that process actually gets implemented, your project managing as well and aside the client so they don't have to deal with any of that kind of stuff and you don't offload it to the GC or to someone else, you handle, you're the point person. That's the best way to do it. That's the best way. I agree. No, it is. And that's how you guys do it? That is most of the time, like 80%. Depends on the budget on the project. That's always the key. Sometimes they do take our designs and they run with it. And I'm always interested to see what it looks like in the end. But when we get the opportunity to project manage, that's the key because then we have the control. And what are you finding in terms of audio, video, and technology? That's my lane. Justin knows an awful lot about it and sees it all the time in the real estate world, especially in Beverly Hills. I do projects in New York City. They are, you know, across the board, the ones that have hired me anyway, have just been extraordinary projects. People have these brownstones and homes that are just unbelievable, really, especially thinking about it in the city. And there's a lot of need for, in my experience, for at least lighting control systems at the very least, and then all the way up to motorized window treatments, sound everywhere, media rooms, TVs that disappear. Give us your experience with it, your thoughts on it. I'd love to hear as much detail as you want to get into on technology, how it's evolved in your designs with your clients and where it is today. Well, going to the AV space, lighting controls are so key and it's critical to get the right lighting controls that coordinate with the electrical output pieces because as you know, sometimes there are discrepancies. Some light fixtures don't work with some dimmers and it's a challenge. I absolutely love doing the home automation systems that the the Lutrons are really great. So you can really be specific about what's happening in what room. My favorite piece is actually at the very end, I get to be the one to set the light levels, to determine the color of the LEDs, to set timers. And that's really, that's been great. But as far as technology, you know, it's 
kind of all over the space. We've been doing a kitchen with an, an induction range top. We just had this interesting situation in Manhattan Kitchen, and we're going to do this high-end induction top. We actually ran into a problem that it has such a high electrical output that the apartment itself can't handle it. So wow. we're disappointed about that. <laughs> but wow. you know, we have to reselect and... Occupational hazards. <laughs> <laughs> And let me ask you about in line of that question is do your clients know a lot when they're coming to you? Because I feel like AV is such, it's like the professionals are the ones that really know what's the latest and what's the greatest. I mean, yes, you'll get David's client, Simon Cowell, who knows exactly what he wants. But like when you get somebody that is doing something, are you offering them saying, hey, you can do motorized shades and the lights and the, the stove and the this and everything on an iPad. Are you giving them that those options or do they know what they want? No, they don't know what they want. We give them the options and then we'll hire an AV professional because we don't know, you know, the technology is changing so fast. There's so many great products coming out. So you guys are definitely the ones or the AV guys, you know, who really know the the stuff and we'll just coordinate with you, make sure everything's in the right place where we want it. Yeah, no, it's interesting to hear every take because, you know, we speak to architects too and hearing the perspective from an interior designer of how all the different processes kind of meld together. Like when we're talking about AV or we're talking about specifically the lighting or the textures or all those kind of things, how those things combine together for the specific client and what they want. And sometimes I'm sure you get a lot of the times that the client wants like, oh, I I want all those bells and whistles, the AV stuff, but I want it to be very simple. I want to press one button and I want everything to just happen very simply, which I'm sure you get a lot too. Yes. Uh, Yeah, Yeah, because the controls can be complicated. So you want to minimize all that for them. Absolutely. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, and so what are your plans? I mean, you, I used mentioned in the beginning, like West Coast. So what would that be? Would that be more of like sort of a corporate presence on the West Coast or residential to do? Uh, we're open to either. We've got a lot of things going on and most of our projects are, as you say, in the metropolitan area. So, but we just came out with a uh, line of home decor products and we're pretty excited about it because we really think that's going to help our nationwide exposure as well but it's a really cool thing it just within a particular color story we've got this great range of luxurious home decor and it's really going to be tell me what tell me what you have what are some of the the items that you have in the line so for instance uh, we have one collection called the winter blush collection and it probably has the most talk about luxurious it has the softest pillow around it's this fabric is and there are a lot of furry products on the line on the market now but this fabric is so soft and we've put paired it with amazing art draperies home to other accessories and so we're pretty excited about having that go nationwide that's awesome that's yeah and where will you be selling it what would be the platform on your website homecouturenow.com homecouturenow.com. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, that'll be launched. Yeah. And so the idea is then to just keep on have knowing, being in the business, being such a high-end expert as you are in both spaces. So just coming out with the products that people, that you feel that you can do it great and people can, yes, I see. Smart, very smart. It's a starting point. It's yes. a starting point of conversation. I think a lot of people are intimidated by working with interior designers. I don't know if you mm-hmm. feel like that too, if you see that, David. But they... 
this is a, an entree to allow people to have that comfort level. Okay, you can have this little piece. Let's go on to the next point. Let's make yeah. it more personal. Let me make those details just for you. And sure. then we can really create some great And t- Let's talk about that for a second. Why you say that people are, people do, I'm based in Beverly Hills. So it's kind of like par for the course here. Like it's, yeah. you know, we all have interior decorating. <laughs> exactly. So, but tell me why and what you're feeling and, and how people can get over that intimidation of an interior decorator and why. Um, so the intimidation has to do with budget, right? Yeah. Like as David said, you design something and oh my gosh, it costs $900,000. Well, sure. so I think working with an interior designer, it's always good to set a budget, kind of say, okay, this is where I'm going to be. You you kind of have to hold. And things progress. So we're really clear about giving estimates of time and we think it's going to be this and working within budgets. I think that's really important for building a successful career as an interior designer, as being respectful. Timelines, yeah. No, very, very important. Yeah, no, I agree. But isn't it great when you're working with a professional, like an interior designer, and people tell me their intimate details of their lives, yeah. right? If I'm designing a bedroom for you, I need to know what things you like to do in your bedroom. You know, sure, exactly. <laughs> we become very close personally, and you have to be comfortable with that person that you want to work with. So interviewing yeah. a lot of designers and making sure that you've got that relationship is really, really important. And are you noticing as well, because I feel like it's really sort of been a big turnaround, I want to say over the past maybe 10 years plus, where the world didn't seem that concerned on getting it right in terms of interior design. Now it seems to be like everywhere you go and everywhere you turn, good style is so accessible now. I mean, you can go into Target and you can get like great stuff where that stuff never existed before. Yeah. Isn't it great? I think our lives have really improved in that way. I really, I mean, and and clever and clever, like very, very clever concepts, very clever design, which I really feel, correct me if I'm wrong, I feel like it's been about really strongly the past 10, 15 years where it's been like, okay, now this is really prevalent where before I feel like people didn't know what they were doing. Even in terms of organization, you've got the uh, Marie Kwan on Netflix, the Spock Joy, and which is incredible. And I just feel like the world is so much more aware now, but not necessarily knowing how to do it, wanting it and knowing that they want it. So that's why I think people like you are so important because you are sort of like the guiders and the teachers and putting people in front of good style and, and how to live. How to live. Yeah. yeah. How, to, how to be live in nice spaces to live, to play, to work. I think design is very accessible now. There's still a lot of shelter magazines. Of course, they're not as prevalent as they were, but all the websites you have house. I have like millions of images, Google images, anything you want. Interest, yeah. You can do. So yeah. it's interesting because people think that they can replicate that and it's, Interesting to see how those come out. Yes. You really need a professional to do that. Of course. That's kind of both, that was kind of one of our intentions on doing the home collection, home couture collection, because it's a package so that it's easy for somebody to say, oh, yeah, I love that. And then the room is really professionally designed once they sell yeah. the package so they can have that look without spending a ton of money. No, that's I think that it's 
So, I mean, I love it. And I love the fact that, you know, the world is is now more aware because we were talking to one of our architects, you know, we had an interview with an architect, an amazing architect the other day. And we were talking about just like how clever today the design and the architecture is compared to what it was 20, 30, 40 years ago. I mean, the homes that they were building and even, listen, you have the exception of the few incredible architects out there, but really the spaces are so well thought out now. And they're so, it's like everything is at your fingertips and it's very, whether how the light comes in, in which nobody thought of that before. You maybe had 10 out of the thousands of architects 50, 60 years ago that are the standout ones that kind of thought of those things. Other than that, it was just like, throw up a house and put it in. doesn't matter what the room size are, how they connect to each other. So that whole concept of incorporating the feng shui and incorporating the style and color palette and all that stuff is really becoming very important in our culture and in everything that we do now. I mean, everybody is aware of it. Yeah, absolutely. There's so much more out there, so many more images and things. And there's a great product. I love the window walls that retract into the floor. Uh, I mean, the Fleetwoods? Things are like so Wait, what are, you, are you talking about the Fleetwoods that slide into the wall? Or are you talk- no, not slide no. into the walls. I can't remember the name of the manufacturer. I just saw the product come out. They yeah. actually retract into the floor. So, of course, you need an architect who's going to be familiar wow. with that. But that's... Totally cool. So the windows will go from floor to ceiling and then they'll go into the floor. Exactly. Wow. David, have you seen those? Have you seen any of those new windows? So those windows, Elizabeth, sound really cool. David, have you come across those new windows that go into the ground? Yes, I have. I've seen them. We haven't controlled them yet, but absolutely awesome. They are. It's a great way to have your indoor space become outdoor space and vice versa. And they're so clean. I just saw that in architectural record. So I'm anxious to work on a project that we can put that into. I mean, we had a client in Beverly Hills who had a beautiful home that was the most important thing to him was indoor, outdoor. He wanted to spend the majority of his time technically outdoors, but needed the comforts and the all of the offerings that you would get indoors, right? So it's quite the challenge because it's like, well, if you're outdoors, at some point, you try to replicate it to indoors to the point where you're not outdoors anymore. So it was a real balance and it was achieved. He achieved it. Obviously, as the AV technologist on the project, I'm watching how it's evolving and how we're impacting the implementation of it. In that case, it was sliding glass doors that obviously folded and moved in such a way that the space became outdoor and very expansive. And through the use of very discrete heating systems and whatnot, they were able to create a really effective outdoor environment that really did have, it had all the the benefits of indoor, if you will, but it was outdoors. And the other good thing that's come out recently, there are such great outdoor fabrics that now resemble indoor fabrics. They have a a softer texture and they're great color palettes and nice patterns. So you can achieve that a lot easier these days. than. Is it more than Sombrella that's doing those fabrics? It is more than Sombrella. But (laughs) Sombrella has gotten on some really nice patterns. They're they're back up on speed. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Design Techs has them. Wolf Gordon has them. Some really great companies. So the question for you is like, as David was just saying, you know, the client in Beverly Hills, it is absolutely 
100% imperative. And most places here are very indoor, outdoor living. All the new construction that they're doing, the residential homes are like literally the doors pocket out and you're indoor, outdoor. Like, how is that on the East Coast? I mean, oh I know- gosh, It's still so sad. I mean, really, we deal with <laughs> the weather. We get two <laughs> months a year that are nice. You guys get so much, so many more months. So much more, you know? I know. But when it finally gets warm, it's like 80 degrees and humid. So you don't want to be out so hard anymore. Exactly. So it's not quite the same. Yeah, the best thing we've gotten is heating outside. But cooling outside has been challenging. Not so easy. It's not so easy. No, I mean, yeah. I mean, I'm sure people want it. But are there clever ways that you're doing sort of that indoor-outdoor vibe? But it doesn't necessarily have to be outside. It's controlled outside. Do you know what I mean by that? My specific thing that I'm thinking about is I stayed before in Vegas in this place in MGM. It's a special place called The Mansions. And I went outside and I'm like, oh my God, it's the most beautiful, gorgeous, 72 degree with a breeze day. And I look up and there's a big glass dome, but there's all trees and it's a full like atrium, but you really feel like you are outside. Are you doing incorporating those kind of things? We haven't gotten into that yet. We're doing a lot of the kind of the reverse things. We've got the barbecues and the TV setups, and we're doing this as amenity spaces in the multifamily arena. And those spaces are just, you're living outdoors and you're having a great time. But The common areas, yeah. Yeah, the common areas. Uh, Developers haven't quite gotten into the full making the apartment buildings be that kind of amenity, but... It's an amazing thing. I mean, I was so like, it's really one of my favorite things because they actually have like, you can really be outside in Vegas when you don't want to be outside and you don't realize you're not. It's very clever. But yes. And so are you also designing, you're designing all those common spaces for the multifamilies out there, which is, yeah. What kind of, besides the normal, the fire pit, the barbecue, the TVs outside, is there any other special things that they're doing that are clever and fun? Oh, they're doing some really fun things like private bowling lanes, nice. um, which is great. We've got the basketball courts, of course. The pools are amazing. We've gotten some doggy daycare centers that nice. are now sponsored by the buildings and all your basic amenities as well. But the exercise facilities have gotten really high tech too. So they're really the yeah. amenity the thing that attracts owners to buy into the building. And competition's really tough now for the developers. Yeah. So lots of amenities. Are you finding yeah, sure. that any of the buildings have done cinemas or just for the residents, of course, those kinds yeah, of things? Yeah, absolutely. We did the building that is in Long Island City. I love this building. It's 27 on 27th. And it's about a block away from the Queensboro Bridge. I don't know if any of you have there are no the Queensboro Bridge. It's totally congested on the Queen side. It's Long Island City. And it's a lot of traffic, a lot of noise. And we're a block away from that. So when our people enter the building, I wanted to create this environment that was really the haven for away from that. They're coming home and can breathe a sigh of relief. So we really incorporated some organic materials and design elements. And we did a wood ceiling that wraps and curves down towards the floor. And as it hits the floor, it's kind of asymmetrical. And it had this, as built, it ended up resembling tree trunks. So it really went beyond my expectations. I was so excited about that. But we did a movie theater in there that was really 
fabulous. And we designed the recreation space there twice. We did it once before the recession hit and it was going to be a great pool. And then it ended up being great community space after that. We did pool table, library with this these individual seating nooks. And we were pretty excited. That ended up on a top 10 list of New York City's most ritziest buildings. So we were pretty excited about that. Wow. Congratulations. That is quite a statement in New York City to be Yeah, in New York 10. City. We we're so psyched. That is awesome. <laughs> yeah. But the movie theaters are really cool, cool there too. What are some of the most, or if you could pick, I know it's hard to pick one, but let's say one of the most exciting and kind of rewarding projects that you've done. And of course, if it's a residence, we don't expect you to use anybody's name, but what's one that comes to mind that you want to share and something that you got from that experience that you think people will find interesting and learn something from? This 27 on 27th, I have to say, we've been working for the same developer in a number of different projects, and we've had the opportunity to design all the the entire building with the terraces as well as the recreation centers. And it's so great for me because we recently did a refresh. It's The building's been open five years. They wanted us to come back, and we had the opportunity to do some refresh, new furniture and some new artwork. And while I was there, I came in and I was talking to the concierge and one of the residents was there and it came up that we were the original designers and they're like, oh my gosh, we love this building. It's so nice. So I have to tell you, you know, years later, I'm standing in this building and the people that I've designed for really appreciate it. It's just an amazing feeling. I do so love that people can appreciate art and design and that's why I do it. Well, and in the moment to actually meet them, because, yes. you know, as you said so profoundly, like when we finish our work, then everybody who's going to experience it comes in and you rarely get another experience to catch up and say, so how's it been this last year with yes. everything that we did? It's a little different for me in the AV world because we're doing ongoing upgrade and we create relationships that's different than virtually every other trade on the project because technology is changing and the clients want service calls and upgrades and things that just come along with that much technology. So I get a little more feedback than probably most people on the project, but it's still never to the point like what you just described where you really, (laughs) where you really get a retrospective on just how much you've impacted people's lives really in such a positive way. Thank you. Thank you for appreciating that because I always feel like the reason why I do what I do is to make people happy, which sounds very simple, but I'm an artist at heart. So if I can make somebody happy with creating this artistic, beautiful space that they function in, I've done my job. I'm really excited about that. And you love it, right? I mean, you, you, know, you're doing what you love to do. You're not doing what you have to do. You do what you love to do. Yeah, I think I have the best career, really. <laughs> no, that is, and that's why it, it shows, because when you enjoy what you're doing, and it is, and that gratification of recognition is always, no matter what, it's just the best feeling ever because it, you're achieving what you set out to achieve. You know, and it's such a big thing, too. I mean, really, it is for sort of what we're all doing here. It's like we are giving somebody such 
it's where they are all day long. They're either at home or at their, their office and it's their environment. And we're actually orchestrating like between all of us, between David, myself and you from being on the real estate side and somewhat the design side, we're putting people into the most important habitat that they will be in most. Of, and you, especially because you do commercial and you do residential, you're doing both of them. You're responsible for their experience, you know, morning, noon, and night. And at the end of a project, what I like to do is actually do a walkthrough with the client and see what we did that they love, see what they would have liked to have changed. That makes me a better designer so that on the next project, I'm like, oh, you know what? Let me ask this particular client how they'll feel about this because, and that's how I learn. And that's how, when they ask me to come back and do a refresh, then I'll be able to pick up on some of those things as well. So it's really important to get that post-job evaluation. Of course. No. You know what I feel as well sometimes too, is I feel that part of my job, you know, also loving design and also on the real estate side of it and when showing something. And obviously my homes are all very special, very, very high end. And I know every square inch of them. And I also feel that I also show a lot of people a lot of the times what they can do and how they can set up a certain area and what my vision is from what I'd seen before and put the thought, not only just listening to what they want, you know, as well, which you do, you obviously listen to what they want, but you also say like, oh, well, this is a great little sitting room. The way that it was is, you know, it's off the bedroom. The master bedroom's not huge, but the sitting room is great. You can put a sofa, a little TV in here. So you give them ideas. That's a specific idea that I'm thinking about in one of my homes that I love because they walk into this big house and the master bedroom's not massive. And I'm like, but look at this. You open the doors and there's a little sitting room and say, it's so lovely to have these two things separate. So a lot of the times I think, and I'm sure you come across that all the time where you're giving your experiences of a million different spaces and showing someone what they can do and kind of opening their mind to something else. Right. Absolutely. Having that vision and being able to share it and guide them to see what the other opportunities in the space can hold. That's Amazing. really key. And, and I'm sure that's invaluable to your clients. That's For sure. No, it's great. I think we all work hand in hand. And I think that having like all of us in like from the AV to the interior design, to the architect, to the real estate, to the person finding it, to the person, I think we're all like a a succinct team that all works together, I believe very much so. A lot of collaborators make a rich project. Yes, I think for sure. Especially like-minded and aligned collaborators. Absolutely. (laughs) Those are the important ones. Exactly. Absolutely. Well, Elizabeth, What a pleasure and honor to have you on our show today. Thank you for taking the time and sharing with everybody just your story and your career and just the amazing things that you've done. How can the world out there find you? What are your... Oh, uh, well, thank you, David. So Insight Interior Design, it's I-N-S-I-T-E-I-D.com. So I love that. I chose that name because we like to be insightful, but not spelled that way. More like a job site. <laughs> and then Floor Collections is our home decor line, and that's homecouturenow.com. And so I really appreciate that your time and in inviting me onto your show, David and Justin. It's been a pleasure. pleasure. Awesome. Thank well, you everybody, so much. it was really great having you. And thank you so, so much. We look forward to catching up with you in the future for sure. Without Excellent. Doubt. Yeah, that's going to be great. Elizabeth Vaughn, Insight Interior Design. I'm David Frangioni. He's Justin, Justin Lee. Lee. <laughs> We're here in, on, and 
with Life, L-I-F-E, Luxury in Full Effect. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you next time. Thank you for listening. Head on over to luxuryinfulleffect.com to join the conversation, access the show notes, and discover more content. Until next time. 